Someone say vacation. vacation. Someone say vacation season. Who loves vacations? Anybody? All right, who, whenever you go on vacation, you feel weird because you don't know what to do? Anybody? Okay, cool, cool. You guys, a few that your hands are up, that's me. I love vacations, but I don't know what to do. So when I was in high school, I was a wrestler and a football player. So usually like the uh, holiday vacations, your fall breaks, your Thanksgiving breaks, your Christmas breaks, whatever, my coaches were jerks, and they really were. Jesus, save them. Um, my coaches were jerks, and they scheduled all of like our hardest practices of the year in the fall breaks and in the Christmas breaks and in the winter breaks. And all of the breaks, my coaches scheduled like the worst practices. And if you missed because you were a 15-year-old kid and you had no, Jesus needs to heal me because I'm struggling with this, um, because you had no option of where you drove because you were a 15-year-old kid, you come home and your coaches just like punish you for that. And I have coaches like that. Okay, cool. Your coaches are so, okay. Yeah, Matt, you get it. You get, you understand, don't you? Horrible. Jesus, save all the coaches in the room. Don't let Coach Johnson be like that. In Jesus' name, amen. Someone say vacation season. One more time. I tell the students this all the time. Say it loud. Say it proud. Say it like you're ready for it. Say vacation season. I love it. I love it. 1 Corinthians 15, 58 says this. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast immovable, always abounding. Someone say always abounding. In the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Let's pray. Jesus, let your will be done tonight. Speak through me these next couple of minutes. God, I love you. I lift you up. God, we believe that there's gonna be life change that happens tonight. We believe the sin we made tonight because of you. So all glory goes to you. Let your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. I said a few, uh, few minutes ago, I am not a very good vacationer. Um, I don't usually know what to do just because I think growing up, just because during my typical vacation times, I was either working because I had jobs in high school or I was playing athletics, so I always had to stay close to home. I didn't get many uh, vacations. So when I became an adult and I stopped playing sports and I actually had scheduled time for vacations, I never really knew, I was like, what do, I don't know how to relax. Anybody like that? You just don't know how to turn your brain off or relax. Okay, my people, I see you guys. This December here in a few months, um, I actually get to go on vacation and I'm going to, Hannah is helping me plan it. Um, so it's gonna be an actual vacation. Um, we're planning on going on a cruise to Haiti and the Bahamas and the parents get ready. We're not bringing Robbie. Robbie is incredible. I'm not talking about myself. Um, that'd be weird. Uh, Robbie is my 19-month-old son. He's awesome. I think he's teething right now because he's waking up like three or four times a night. Um, and I made a deal with Hannah after she had him because she was in labor for 27 and a half hours and I didn't really do anything during that time. Um, I just like cheered her on and clapped. Like it. I didn't know what to do. Um, so when after she had Robbie, I said, babe, You've been through enough. Any husbands in the room, if you made this call, future husbands in the room, future fathers or current fathers, you may have done the same thing I did. I said, baby, you've done enough. I'll take care of them at nighttime. <laughs> Robbie woke up last night. He woke up once. I went to bed around midnight. He woke up once at about 1 a.m., again at about 1.30 <laughs> Again at about 3, and again at about 5 a.m. Any parents in the room, you know what that's like? 
Great, great. Vacation season is coming. December 4th, there will be a boat. I will be on it. And Robbie will be in Simpsonville, South Carolina with his Didi and his Papa. Somebody say amen. <laughs> Time for altar. Um, while I'm on vacation, um, I'm going to do something that I don't typically get to do. I'm going to eat a lot. <laughs> Anybody else when you're on vacation like, okay, every day is a cheat day when I'm on vacation. Anybody like that? Okay, I see you guys. Maddie, you're in sixth grade. You don't need, like, girl, every day is a cheat day anyways. You don't, you're good. I promise. When I got older, my metabolism slowed down. <laughs> I, like, eat a, I eat a cupcake. I gained six pounds. Anybody else like that? You eat a cupcake, you gain six pounds? Vacation's going to be fun. I'm going to do something I don't ever get to do because of Robert Shane Bailey. I'm going to sleep. I'm going to sleep in. A lot. Anybody do that on vacation? You sleep. You sleep a lot. Thank you, Jesus. And for the first time in a while, I'm going to turn my brain off. I'm going to turn my phone off. And if a teenager texts me, I'm like, oh, no, middle of the ocean. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Love you guys. December 4th, don't text me. I have the greatest job in the world. I really do. Uh, I get to work with teenagers for a living. It's the greatest job in the world, and I love getting to do what I do for a living, but I'm so excited to get to go on a cruise and eat a lot and sleep a lot and turn my brain off. We were planning on going on this cruise last year uh, for our anniversary, um, but there was this thing. Maybe you guys have heard about it. Maybe not. There's this thing called COVID that happened, and all the cruise ships, Royal Caribbean, shut down. I didn't know about it until a couple weeks before my cruise was ready. I'm, I'm thinking about what I'm packing, and I get an email. And I missed the email. I didn't see it until like a couple weeks later. So I'm about to leave for my cruise. But you know what? God is faithful. Royal Caribbean gave me 150% cruise credit. My cruise was paid off, and I got more, so I get to stay for an extra day, and I get a nicer room, a bigger room, and I get to stay longer. Thank you, Jesus. You know what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I am excited about my vacation. Guys, vacation is great, right? Are you excited about your future vacation whenever it may happen? Say yes. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Um, for, let's jump back into our text. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Part that jumps out to me is this. Always abounding. Somebody say abounding, abounding. in the work of the Lord. Abounding, the definition. That's not exactly a word we use a lot today, but abounding means this. Existing in a great or plentiful quantity. Uh, this portion of the passage is saying that we need to always be surrounding ourselves with the work of the Lord, right? That's what it's saying. Vacation, in case you're like I was for years up into this December 4th. Vacation is defined as this, an extended period of leisure and recreation, especially one spent away from home or in traveling. I don't believe that God is calling us to take a vacation this year. I don't believe God is calling us to take a vacation from doing what he's called us to do. Um, if you're taking notes tonight, let me encourage you to take notes. My first point is this, when we work. Somebody say, when we work. This is what happens when we work. Matthew 9, verses 35 through 38 says this, Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues, 
preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep, having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful. Some might say plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. When we work and do the things that God has called us to do, things will change. Things will have you agree, say amen. amen. Things happen when you do what Jesus says. That we, we see that when Jesus was out um, and he was working, he was doing what he did, things happened, lives were changed. He preached, he taught people, and he healed the sicknesses of, and diseases of everyone that he came in contact with. This is what it says. What sticks out to me, and what I noticed about this passage is even after Jesus preached, and he taught people, and he healed everyone that was around him, there was still work to do. Our passage says this, then he said to his disciples, the harvest, this is after he worked, after he preached to everybody, after he taught everybody, after he healed all the sicknesses and all the diseases around him, he said this, that the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. It sticks out to me that even after he accomplished everything that he did, even after he, all of that, everything that he did, then he said, okay, now that everybody feels better, even now we've healed everybody, every sickness is gone, all the diseases are better, I've taught everybody, I've preached to everybody, but now we need more workers. He said the harvest, meaning that the work, even after everything he did, there was still a lot of work to be done. And in order to accomplish that work, he needed more workers. There's a lot of lost people that were around. There's a lot of sick people that were around. There's a lot of hurting people that were around. And Jesus is saying that we need more people to reach them. So what happens when we work? Lost people are found. Sick people are healed. Emotionally sick people are healed. Mentally sick people are healed. Spiritually sick people are healed. And physically sick people are healed. And broken people are made whole. That is what happens when we do what God is telling us to do. My second point tonight is this. When we don't work. So I'm going to say don't work. This is what happens when we don't work. Proverbs 6, 10 through 11 says this. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep. So shall your poverty come on you like a prowler and your need like an armed man. When we don't work and when we don't do what Jesus is telling us to do, I believe that this happens to us spiritually. I believe that spiritually we become impoverished. I mean, same thing, like if you don't go to work tomorrow, you don't go to your actual job, you will probably not get paid tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? I believe the same thing happens to us spiritually. If we don't do our spiritual work, spiritually, we will not get paid. We will not get filled. We will not get fed. Does that make sense? Yeah. Cool. I believe that if we're spiritually lazy, we get what we pay for. I believe if we're spiritually lazy, will become spiritually impoverished. Revelations 3, 16 through 17, I see a church that's a lot like the church of today. I see a church 
who has stepped away from doing the things that Jesus had told them to do. I see a church that isn't working. Revelations 3, 16 through 17 says this. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. Because you say, I am rich and I become wealthy and have need of nothing, you do not know that you're wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. This was a message to the church of Laodicea. They claimed to be followers of Christ. They said that they were Christians, but they were actually lost as any other sinner. They were considered to be lukewarm, which means that they were neither hot nor cold. They were neither active followers of Jesus. They weren't doing the work that they told him to do, but they also didn't deny that he was the Messiah. They said he is the Messiah, but they didn't do the things that he told them to do. And they're a lot like us, not gateway church, like, like, like boo. <laughs> they're a lot like us as in the church of today. We claim to be Christians we claim to be followers of God, but we don't do the things that he tells us to do. And if we're living against what God is telling us to do, we're living in active sin against God, and that is sinful. Amen? Amen? When we refuse to do the things that God told us to do, we become spiritually impoverished and lukewarm. That's what happens when we don't do what he says. And my third and final point is this, is why we work. Somebody say, Why? And if Mara will come play behind me, why? And here is, this is what Jesus said. Matthew 28, verses 19 through 20 says this. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Why do we work? The answer to that question is simple. The reason why we work is because Jesus told us to work, right? Jesus said to, that's one of those things where it's not like debatable on what he said. Yeah, he said, hey, actually go and make more followers of me. Go and make disciples. Why do we do it? Well, yes, Jesus told us to, but because people are dying every day. People are finding themselves away from Jesus and away from who he is, and they haven't experienced a full measure of his grace. If you've experienced Jesus' grace, it's great, isn't it? His grace, when we don't deserve it. Before Jesus, I was broken, I was lost, I was addicted, I was far from him. But his grace is what saved me. Can a person who refuses to do what Jesus so simply said, like, he couldn't, like in bold, he said, go and make disciples. Can a person who refuses to do what Jesus so plainly said actually claim to love him? Or are we like the church at Laodicea? John 14, 23, Jesus answers that question. Jesus replied, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. So if you're not obeying what Jesus said, and Jesus said, go and make disciples, go and do the work. Jesus said, if you don't do what I say, don't say that you love me. That's one of those texts you're like, 
ah, you know? It's challenging to us. I mean, I need to go. The scripture is that we don't have time to take a break. We don't have time for a vacation. We need to work. And they'd be like, they'd be like I'm actually, like, Rob, that's cool. I hear you, but I'm actually just in this new season of rest and soaking. I really feel like I'm supposed to be in the season of rest. God never said for you to sit and soak and have like a season of just not doing anything. He says to go. It's not time to sit and just soak. You guys do your thing. You guys go reach the lost. I'm just gonna sit here. It's soaking. Like, no. God never said that. Like, well, like, Rob, well, haven't you heard of the Sabbath, Pastor? Shut up. Exodus 28 through 10 says this. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord and your God, and you shall not do work, nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, and nor your cattle, nor your stranger who is with you in your gates. Guys, rest is essential. But what I noticed about this is God didn't call it a season of rest. He called a day of rest. So there's no such thing as a Sabbath season. So if you're not doing the work of the Lord, step it up. I know it may come across like, oh, like it's not very, like Rob, you usually tell jokes. <laughs> Sorry. God's calling us all to step up. I'm calling you, he's calling me, He's calling us as a church and as a people to step up and to reach. In case you did not notice this, guys, we are like, we are closely getting close to the end. We are so close to Jesus coming back, it's scary. Prophecies are being fulfilled all over the place. And once it's too late for people, it's too late. God tells us that we need rest. He tells us we need a Sabbath, but he doesn't say a vacation. A vacation is an extended period of leisure and recreation, especially once been away from home. Sabbath is a day. Take your time, rest. But if you're not actively serving Jesus, if you're not actively trying to reach the lost, if you're not actively looking for ways that you can reach people, guys, you are living away from him. He said, if you love me, you will do what I said. Disciples, you guys can stand. We're closed, we're getting out of here. Matthew 9, 37 to 38. He said to the disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send laborers into his harvest. Guys, the more we look around, the more lost people we'll see. I think if we're honest, like we can all think of somebody that we need to reach. For me, it's people in my family. 
for you and maybe somebody you work with. Maybe something that you're in school with or on the same team with. The harvest, I mean, the work that needs to be done, there's a lot of it. And I believe God is calling each and every one of us to step up and be harvesters. Amen.